I know it's a pattern for me to come back after a week or two of absence. I wanted to share with you, I believe, the most important ideas that I've got from what I read this week. And what I got to read was uh, the works of Epictetus and Marcus Aurelius. And to be fair, I much rather prefer the first. So Epictetus, that's uh, my main or my go-to Stoic. Although, you know, a lot of there is a lot of value in Marcus Aurelius, but um, in, uh, in his teachings he speaks as he would lecture. I find it that uh, uh, the teachings of Epictetus are more concise and they're more revolved to, well, let's say, practical advice. So I want to share with you the most important idea that came to my mind after reading it for 5-6 days. Uh, I haven't finished the books. Uh, actually, it's just one book with uh, um, both of their works, right? Which is quite big, so uh, I'm more than halfway through that. So I finished the Epictetus part, I'm uh, going through slowly uh, through the Marcus Aurelius part because it's m- harder to comprehend it. It's more complicated, more complex, but it starts with a very wonderful description of what he got from all of the important people in his life. So you can see archetypes of people that he absolutely loved. So I've actually said this recently. That's one reason why I love Dostoevsky, because of his amazing capacity to capture the types of people, right? The people in his works, they they don't have an expiring date, okay? Uh, read uh, Brothers Karamazov, right? Um, and you're gonna find that there are human types that Dostoevsky cap- captures beautifully, like no one else does. Like no one else does. And that's the only kind of non-fiction reading that I can do because it's still based on human nature, right? And human nature fascinates me. So the teaching that struck a chord was the fact that, I mean, actually there are two teachings, (laughs) I know, I know I always do that, right? Uh, But the first teaching is the one that it would be insane, it would be a shame, it would be madness to try to control what's outside of your control. That's uh, at the core of Stoicism, to understand which type of events are controllable and which they are not. Because that's the most difficult part. It's very tough to draw a line. It's very tough to understand that. (laughs) See, so the fact that your car broke down, that's something outside of your control. And it says that it's madness to get sickened by grief over it. But the fact that you uh, caused it to break down, as in, let's say, you steered in a pole, that was in your control, right? Uh, well, the, the fact is already done, and maybe this is not the best example, but it's a dualism of actions in some categories. And sometimes things appear not to be in your control, well, they are, 
and the opposite. So you have to practice to become better at understanding what's actually controllable by you. And that's gonna reduce a lot of the complexity of life. And that's and then you're gonna have a non-attached attitude, a loving attitude towards life and towards the people around you. You're gonna understand their mistakes. You're gonna be way more open to let's say criticism. See what I'm trying to say, and you can always correct me if you feel like you don't agree with this idea but it's not what a person does or it's not what an event does it's how you interpret that event that causes all the trouble it's all in the interpretation right because let's say a great friend of mine steals 10 bucks from my wallet and I catch him I'm not gonna mind because of the amount. I'm gonna feel betrayed. For me, trust is uh, um, one of the most important things in relationships, right? With any kind of relationship. So I don't want somebody with a dagger in his hand willing to stab me multiple times at any move. Who would want a friend like that? I wouldn't. So for me, what it means it's that he's devious, he's deceiving, he's a person that I shouldn't be around. And you can extrapolate this and find many ways in which you can um, use this technique in business and in all of the areas of life. And you can use it with yourself as well, because you're a person who has to negotiate with itself so that you can do the things that you know that you should do, that you have to do, but you're not doing. You cannot be a tyrant with yourself. The second idea was, and that's on the... Um, there is a beauty in that, in this idea, and there is some sort of tranquility. It said something along the lines, because I'm not quoting. Um, so, it was about the gods. And basically, Marcus Aurelius was saying that if you're in a world with gods or no gods, it doesn't matter. Why is that? If you're in a world where God exists and you fear death, it would be foolish. Because the gods know what's the best thing to do. And the gods know that they would never try to banish you to a realm where you would be tormented because gods are inherently good, right? The idea was that a creator, a god... It's tough to speak about this subject because I don't particularly enjoy it. But a god, what his role would be, would be to create peace, beauty and tranquility and he would never harm you consciously or unconsciously because if he does I mean if a god wouldn't know it, it would be impossible right there is something else that it would teach him or her right so in this vision the gods cannot make mistakes or and they wouldn't be willing to do so and they wouldn't be evil like they wouldn't want to punish 
the gods, if they existed in his vision, would basically do the best for you. And the other alternative was that if there are no gods, then who would want to live in a universe without any any gods, any consciousness? And this, honestly, this subject is too deep and it's freaking me out at the moment. So I'm just gonna leave you with this idea. I think those were incredibly powerful, but the most important thing was, again, coming back to the first one, to have an unattached attitude towards life. To let people come and go as they please and do whatever they want to. That's the goal. That's what you should aim for. And um, as a matter of fact, I think you should really read, if you have the time, uh, Epictetus. Like, again, it just calms your mind and you find yourself agreeing because that's just common sense, right? Stoicism is about common sense. It's about letting go of the negatives. It's about being non-reactive. You know, in the business world, everybody tells you that you should be proactive. That's bullshit. That's fucking bullshit. You shouldn't be proactive. You should understand what can happen and what would happen and have the strategies in place. But be non-reactive. You should be as a rock. Because there's gonna be countless rivers trying to tear it down. But if you stand your ground, there's nothing that can move you. You should aim to be non-reactive, calm, composed. A proactive person is a lie that the bullshit ideology that we are under attack right now is trying to feed you you shouldn't be proactive you shouldn't be always rushing you shouldn't be in panic mode if you're proactive it means that you have so much adrenaline in your blood that you're like a headless chicken and you only need that adrenaline in a fight or flight response so don't induce it automatically on yourself because you probably are trying to do things that you cannot control. Thank you for listening. It's been a massive pleasure to talk again with you. Um, I've left the city and I'm gonna be leaving the city for many periods, so there's gonna be a lot of on and off time, but I'm always enjoying so much when I'm able to speak with you. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this. And as always, we're gonna keep in touch and we're gonna hear each other again soon.